please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Hello and welcome to what marks the beginning of what will be our, what I'm calling, the inner home for the holidays series here on the Science of Light podcast. So basically what that is, I've kind of hinted about it on my other podcast, my Yogi Scopes podcast, um, that's more strictly about astrology happenings and yoga practices for those. Um, It's a series for the end of the year to help us wind down and think about how we're going to start 2022 really intentionally. And if you've been around for a while, you know that I have a lot of thoughts on, you know, using fresh start dates. I did an episode about that recently, um, about why astrologically and Ayurvedically aligning with the energies of Mother Earth, that's Ayurveda, um, and the cosmos, that's astrology, that we can use our yoga practice Um, which is what I'll talk about here, to um, live a more fulfilled and quote-unquote successful, whatever that looks like for you, a more resilient and happy life. Um, So there's a lot of reasons, you know, we have in our culture, people start their New Year's resolutions and it's like a big deal, but um, a part of making that successful is winding down this year appropriately So I have a series planned for you. It will be the next, oh, four episodes after this one, um, with each one being a a, um, piece of the puzzle, if you will. Uh, So you can keep on the lookout for that. And then I will also have an event coming up in December. Um, I haven't officially written it in pen on my calendar or added it to my virtual calendar yet. So I don't have the exact date and time nailed down. I will announce it when I do, but it will be around the December full moon and winter solstice to help you kind of integrate all of this information. So you'll get it in little bite-sized pieces over the next few weeks, and you're more than welcome to just take that and run with it. Um, and not join the event, or if you want even more and to help um, do a little bit of ritual, ceremony, yoga practice type stuff in a virtual community setting, you know, on Zoom, Um, but we'll at least have other people to share with and support, Um, then be on the lookout for that. My inclination is that it will be on Saturday, December 18th, which is the Saturday, so the full moon in December happens, like, over that night. It actually happens in the wee hours of the morning on the 19th, according to my calculations. Um, So, you can't, so that's why I'll do it on the the 18th, because then I'm also taking a week off for Christmas with my family in Florida. That's going to be awesome. I have not spent Christmas away in, like, ever, actually, actually ever. I've never gone somewhere for Christmas. So, um, big week long trip with my family. So it, to do it before then, to do it so that you have the information and the rituals and stuff before the full moon, before the winter solstice, but it will be, um, uh, sort of a full moon winter solstice yoga 
event to, um, like, kind of harness all of this stuff that we're going to be talking about over the next four episodes here. So that is a little logistical announcement about what to look forward to for the end of the year as we head into the holiday season from me here on this podcast. But then I have some other um, exciting announcements, some other housekeeping stuff before I get into. So um, this is just an intro episode to the series, but I have a practice that I hope you'll get some value from towards the end. So stick around. Um, so first of all, I made my Facebook group private, the yoga plus astrology Facebook group. I always link it in the show notes. It's linked in my bio on all my social media. If you're not in it yet, you should be. I had made it public originally because I like, I love memes. You guys, I love sharing funny memes. I even have, if you go to my Yogi Scopes Facebook page and like scroll over to the groups tab, I have a yoga meme group too that is like purely just for memes. I don't do any promotion myself in there. I don't allow anybody else to. It's like just for memes. It's called Yoga Memes and Spiritual Screams. You can also search it on Facebook. It's pretty hilarious. Um, And for a while it was just me posting in there, but now there's some other folks that post too and it's fun. Um, So I had the group public so that um, folks could share because I realized that the astrology memes, like people weren't really like enjoying them as much in the, in the yoga memes group. So I was like, okay, um, I want to have this other group, but I don't want this one to just be for memes. I want this one to be a a space for community sharing. And so I had made it uh, public so people could share the memes when they wanted to, but, um, Facebook changed the way they do public groups and it's annoying. And, um, it just made it so that anybody, like, you don't have to be a member of the group to post in there. And I was getting these, like, super spammy posts. It was, like, the exact same post word for word trying to get you to buy something. And it was getting posted by, like, all these different accounts. And I was just like, that's not cool. Like, I'll let you post it one time. Um, but it just felt spammy. And it felt like if anybody that's not in the group can post, then people aren't going to feel as comfortable, like, sharing about their personal astrology, whatever, yoga, whatever stuff. So I made it private. So um, if you want to be in that, now you can't just lurk. You have to actually join it. Um, And it's good to be in it because for events that I do, I usually run a poll in there. Like I'll have a couple of different times and I'll run a poll and whatever time gets the most votes. Um, I also like this morning, I just shared a playlist that I'm using this week for my yoga classes, like just fun little stuff. Um, and we have some community sharing in there. I'd love to see you in there. So that's a one logistical update. Um, and then also going forward, the new moon circles will not be free events anymore. They will be paid events unless you join my membership that is launching um, at the end of the month. It's technically launching like for the beginning of December. but um, So stay tuned. That's the memberships coming out. I will actually be running probably a little founder's price sale. If you jump on early, you'll get like a super cheap price that you can keep for life um, of the for the life of the membership. And it is my plan to continue adding things onto that. Um, so right now it'll start out with just uh, sign by sign yogi scopes, which is what I do. So yoga practices for the astrological weather, you will get personalized ones there because y'all as y'all know I used to do those by email and it was just like a super it took me like forever 
to write those emails and I can just easily do it in a podcast feed like a lot more quickly because um, I can like just say stupid stuff and I've said it and it's done. <laughs> just kidding. But like I, I tend to overthink when it comes to typing and writing out emails so I make it take a lot longer than it it needs to um, to get the point across and so you'll get those there. Um, especially for the new moons and full moons, it'll be like a private podcast feed. Eventually I'm planning to add on videos so you can see like the chart that I look at and stuff. Um, and then the community, all the community meetings, so all the new moon meetings. Um, and we might do some other just like, you know, ask me anything type, you know, a little astrology Q and a lab type things will be in there all included. And then just other bonus lessons and practices as I like, think of them or as people ask for them. Um, and then also I'm working on a calendar for 2022 right now, the astrological calendar that will include all the major trans, actually all the transits, not just the major ones, all of them, um, all the astrological happenings, including moon phases, retrogrades, planetary movements, all that stuff in one convenient place. Um, and you will get that for free in the member, if you join the membership, but otherwise you can just buy it if you don't want to join the membership and that's taking me a lot of time to make so yeah a lot of good stuff coming in the membership so be on the lookout for the next new moon event which will happen launch on the first week of the membership launch because it is December 4th in the morning so really December 3rd overnight um so we will yeah we will talk about that stuff as it comes up and now for your inner home for the holidays series introduction so um as I mentioned briefly a couple times on this podcast and on my other one um I am a American white girl and so I celebrate Thanksgiving despite the um questionable origins of that holiday and Christmas even though I'm not no longer Christian I was raised Christian but if you don't know about that you can go back and listen to my first episode of the podcast where I tell my story um it was very much like not a good episode in terms of like me sounding like I know what I'm doing at all but um you know that's how things are when you start out you're not as good at it right so it's kind of like a rambly long episode it's like I'm like nervous, you can hear it in my voice, but it's my story. If you want to know it, you can go back and listen to that episode. I was raised Christian, I'm not anymore, um, or I don't identify as that anymore, but uh, I still celebrate Christmas, because I'm a, you know, American girl, I guess. I'm like, it's just as much a commercial holiday as it is a Christian holiday at this point in the U.S., so um, I think that's interesting. I think it's interesting that a lot of cultures celebrate holidays, you know, and I was one of those people that was like, don't take the Christ out of Christmas. Don't tell me happy holidays. Like when I was growing up, cause that's what I grew up around and that's what I was, you know, told or had modeled for me or whatever. But now I've grown up and realized like uh, Christmas is not the only holiday in December or even the only holiday in this time of year. There are tons of them. And even if you're not religious at all, um, us, more spiritual folks, or if you're into astrology and yoga, you might like to celebrate the winter solstice, or 
In any case, whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate, this time of year, even um, as indicated by Ayurveda and astrology, is a time to turn inwards and kind of ground down. And if you do celebrate holidays, odds are you might go to visit family or have other celebrations, gatherings around food, gatherings around gift giving, you know, just those things are just really present in our culture. So maybe, maybe you don't, maybe you don't do any of that stuff. Maybe you don't celebrate any of those holidays, but either way, this, uh, the yoga philosophy concepts I have to offer you are really indicated by this time of year, by the Ayurveda of this time of year, we're heading into Kapha season, and um, even if you don't celebrate the holidays, you probably feel just the buzz on social media of like, it's Q4, every company wants to like sell you a bunch of extra shit right now. There's just this energy about like buying and consuming and, um, you know, in, in the name of gift giving and whatever and overindulgence, I kind of talked about that on the um, November monthly horoscope over on my Yogi Scopes podcast, that, like, it's kind of characterized by a feeling of overindulgence that has a few different astrological factors. But so what I have to offer you are two yoga philosophy concepts um, to cultivate a feeling of your inner home for the holidays. So even if you're not going home for the holidays because of COVID or whatever, maybe you realized last year that it was nice to not go home for the holidays because of COVID. And now maybe even if people are gathering and you just don't want to, that's why I talked about that boundaries episode, the very last episode, things like that might come up this year. And, or maybe you want to be like a minimalist or whatever, and you don't want to give a bunch of gifts or get a bunch of gifts that's just, like, shit, you know, that you don't need, like, dollar store shit. It might not be dollar store shit, but it might be, like, just shit. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you don't care about gifts, but there's this overwhelming pressure to, like, do gifts. So that's actually, before I get into the yoga philosophy concepts, I want to talk about this other... So I wanted to do an episode about seasonal decorations and capitalism, but I just don't feel like it's enough to, like really get its own whole episode. I can't talk about it for 30 minutes, but um, it's an, uh, something that I have observed, and I think it goes along with the yoga philosophy concepts that I have to offer you for this episode. Um, so let me give you an example. I heard a Lincoln ad, like the car, on a podcast the other day. Um, I actually, I've heard it the same ad, a couple different places in a couple different like forms, like it wasn't the exact same ad, but you could tell it was part of the same ad campaign. Um, so there was, so they start out saying like, they're like, um, the, the, your, the vehicle is designed with well-being in mind and it is where you can come home to yourself when you drive a Lincoln and experience what it feels like to be in sanctuary. And I was like, no shit. Like, that's exactly what I've been thinking. I've been brewing on this topic, this inner home for the holidays topic, since last year. 
I mentioned that on, I think, the Milestones episode I did. I, like, thought about it then, but I just wasn't uh, put together enough to really, like, bring it into crystallization. I had just conceptualized it then. I was like, cool, I'll save it for next year. And so I've literally been thinking about this series and this topic all year. Um, so, and I was kind of finalizing the plans for it when I heard this episode and I was, or this ad, and I was like, what a perfect example. They're going to take, so this car, Lincolns are luxury cars. They're like, they're made by Ford. It's kind of like Lexus and Toyota, if you don't know that, like, uh, GMC and Chevy and, uh, what is it? I guess Mercury is a step up from Ford, too. I don't know. Anyway, you know, like, most cars, they have, like, a luxury line. We have our, like, peasant vehicles that most of us drive, you know, unless you're, like, a rich person and you drive a Lexus instead of a Toyota or something. Um, And so Lincoln's one of those luxury ones, and they are using this sense of appealing to your, uh, I mean... Honestly, mindfulness and this, like, inner home type stuff is a little bit trendy in our culture these days, which I'm not really mad about uh, overall, but I do think, you know, it's stuff gets twisted like this, where they're, like, they're trying to convince you that if you buy this car, you'll feel at home within yourself. They literally said, come home to yourself when you drive a Lincoln. So that's what's being, like, sold to us with all this you know, Christmas decorations, Christmas decorations, I have a funny relationship with Christmas decorations because I love decorating my house for winter. I love to get a real tree. I love to decorate it. I love to do all those things, but I also like, I don't think dollar stores should exist. I don't think, you know, when people go, I mean, okay, that's a complicated one because I know I have myself been the type of person that can only afford to shop at dollar stores, but I mean like, for the decorations and the just shit that you're just going to use one time and throw it away. Um, so that's why I have this like funny relationship with holiday decorations. Cause I'm like, unless you have a ton of room in your house where you keep this stuff and you drag it out every year, I suspect that most people it's like a combination of, um, you go buy some new stuff that you end up throwing away after a year or two because it's like cheap stuff and or you store a bunch of stuff somewhere in your house and just have all this clutter for all these different random decorations but to where we're sold this idea constantly from capitalism that we need more stuff to feel better about ourselves basically and that's kind of just the whole big push this I mean this season of every year you know companies are doing their big like Q4 quarter, you know, last quarter of the year, they're like, let's drive the sales. People are like, for whatever reason, because of holidays and gifting and all that stuff. And then even if you don't celebrate those things, there's still this like, um, or if you celebrate them in a different way or whatever, there's still this energy around, like, it's a time of year to buy a bunch of stuff. And even if you don't celebrate, like, whatever holiday, you probably see or are targeted by the advertisements, the incessant advertisements in some way, right? So, um, 
I'm not telling you to not decorate your house and to not give people gifts, you know, because I do those things. But I do think there is a way, um, this gets a little bit into minimalism, and I don't want to get on my minimalism soapbox too much, where I think that, like, a lot of people treat minimalism like a design aesthetic, where they're like, uh, I just want everything to be, like, clean, simple lines or whatever in the house, and then you end up having to, like, either buy a lot of single-use stuff. I mean, I have a whole cabinet full of jars. That's not very, like, aesthetically minimalism, but I don't have to, like, use them. I don't have to, like, buy... I, like, save pasta jars when I get them. You know what I mean? Like, it's not aesthetically minimalist, but it's, like, zero-waste minimalist. So I think the same thing when it comes to, like, holiday decorations. I don't mean be aesthetically minimalist because what that probably means is that you're going to throw away the shit every year and get new shit because you don't want to have it in your attic because you're aesthetically a minimalist. So, um, yoga philosophy, the ancient Vedic texts give us some, um, ways to live in alignment with the seasons without consumerism is kind of my whole point is that we don't have to go and buy out, like, a whole bunch of decorations unless you want to, but I do want to say, please consider the environmental impacts. I'm not trying to be, like, a killjoy and tell you not to do it at all, but I am trying to tell you that, like, maybe just have a little bit of stuff that's meaningful to decorate with and make it more about the ritual of doing so than just about all the shit to keep up with the Joneses or whatever, you know? I don't know. I just think there's a balance there. And I, I don't know what it looks like for you or for anybody else other than me, honestly. Um, but I do think what I want to do is plant the seeds that we don't have to be quite so consumerist this year, perhaps. Um, we can live more in alignment with the seasons using Ayurveda, yoga, and astrology is my kind of point, I guess. Um, and so I just also want to point out that there's another, I guess, sister science of, you know, all these Vedic sciences I talk about all the time, uh, yoga, Ayurveda, and Vedic astrology. It's called Vastu. And it's kind of like feng shui is my easiest, like, cultural reference. Like, most people know what feng shui is. Feng shui comes from, you know, China, I guess. I actually don't know. I didn't look that up. I should have didn't do my full research for this episode. Um, I assume it comes from like traditional Chinese medicine type stuff, but it's, it's in pretty embedded in our culture, right? It's like how you arrange your house to get the vibes right. So the energy flows well through your house. Well, Vastu is exactly that, but it comes from the Vedas. And I actually, um, Dr. Robert Svoboda does a really good course on Vastu. I took it, but it's one of those things that I'm like, that's interesting to know, but I don't, like, have a passion for it the way I do for Ayurveda and yoga and astrology. You know, I think it's kind of interesting. A little bit of it gets kind of like something I don't really have control over. It's like, which way, you know, your bedroom should be on the north side or east side. I don't know exactly which side, but, but it tells you how to set up your house in a way that the prana, the energy can flow well through your house. So if you're interested in looking into that, 
you could look into Vasu, how to um, set up your house, how to decorate your house so that energy can flow well through it. I just want you to be aware of that. I'm not, that's not what I'm here to teach you about right now. Um, but I do want to point out the incredible pressure we probably all feel in some way or another, regardless of what we celebrate or don't celebrate, um, to, to like just buy shit at this time of year, you know, or like go places that we don't really want to go, buy stuff we don't really need with money we might not have to impress people we don't really like anyway. Or, you know, maybe, maybe that's an exaggeration. Maybe it's like you are buying stuff with money you do have for people that you really do like, but do those people really need that stuff? Eh, debatable, right? So the answer I have found for you, for us, in yoga philosophy um, to combat all of that feeling of pressure to maybe go to holiday gatherings or, you know, whatever kind of gatherings or or maybe you don't want to go to those things and you feel bad about it or um, maybe you have some kind of complicated relationship around the holidays like it used to be a joyful time th for you or and so through some kind of like loss or falling out with the family maybe it's like a really hard time of year now perhaps and it's just so in your face all the time like with the marketing and the things that I've mentioned um, or maybe like your kids are grown and gone or whatever like things just change you know, um, like I was saying, I'm doing some things differently this holiday season. Now that especially I told everybody in my family last year, I was like, I'm not coming to the family Christmas. I have a child now. He will be old enough next year to kind of understand Christmas. So from here on out, we're doing Christmas at home. And then somehow my brother talked me into going on this big trip. And then I was like, okay, but after this next year, Christmas at home, <laughs> you know, so it's just one of those things, like, sometimes you have to, like, decide what you really want and maybe miss out on some stuff or um, d hurt some feelings or whatever. Um, but that, so that's kind of what I talked about with the boundaries episode last time. And so this, these little tools have a little bit more to do with, so they are related to the gatherings and the stuff that you might feel pressured to go to or not go to one way or the other. You have to decide for yourself if that's something you want to do or don't want to do. Um, but then also related to the consumerism that just um, bombards us all this time of year, you know. And really, it goes with all times of year. Like, I mean, where I live, people put out little flags for the spring in their yard. And they some people just go all out with the buying the flowers and things that the annuals, you know. Um, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, actually. That's, like, probably a better one to buy annual flowers than to buy little, like, plastic knickknacks to put in your yard or your house or whatever, you know, for the spring. And so it, it happens all year. It's not, like, just this time of year. But I feel like it's a little bit exacerbated when it comes to Christmas in the U.S., and fall, and Halloween, those little bit of blow-up things people put in their yard. Anyway, um, and it's, it's just creeping into, it used to, at least from, like, my point of view and my awareness, it seemed like people only went all out for, for Christmas, and now people go all out for, like, Halloween, too, 
and it's just creeping into other times of year um, because that's what consumerism and capitalism does. So with all that said, I'll quit rambling. I think you get the idea. We're all getting bombarded by that stuff, and maybe we have some other challenging emotional things going on around the holiday season. I know that's super common, especially for people that have experienced some kind of loss or whatever. It can be a hard time of year for a lot of reasons, for all of the above stated reasons. So that's why I decided to create this Inner Home for the Holidays series. And the first um, little piece of yoga philosophy I have to offer you are the two concepts. So one of them is the fifth limb of yoga, Pratyahara, which is sense withdrawal. And I covered all of the eight limbs on a previous episode. You can find it. It's like in the subtitle, um, like a crash course into the eight limbs or something like that. Um, And then the other one is Santosha, which is the second Niyama, which is contentment. So basically, um, I'll explain more in depth in just a second what those things mean. But I heard this quote that I think is perfect for all of this that I'm trying to get across um, that said, when we acknowledge what is inside of us, we can accept what is outside of us. So if this season of the year is hard for you for whatever reason, whether it's because of family dynamics or loss or um, you, you want to be a minimalist and it's hard to at this time of year, like whatever, you don't want to go to the gatherings, you do, you want gifts, you don't want gifts, you want to find a balance there. Uh, my whole point is don't be afraid to turn inwards and you are your own best guide and you probably already have everything you need and everything else is just extra, right? You know, when it comes down to it, everything else is just extra that we can be grateful for and cultivate this contentment. So with that said, The next four episodes in this series are more about how to wind down the year, um, how to, like, set yourself up for success in 2022 by leaving this year on a positive note. Um, So that will be the next four episodes in series fashion with a nice event at the end to tie it all together. Um, So be on the lookout for that, but... Pratyahara. So I covered in depth what all the limbs of yoga are on another episode, so I don't want to get too much into that, but it's a very intentional ordering of the limbs of yoga. And Pratyahara, or sense withdrawal, is the fifth one. And so, um, basically, that's the whole point of this episode, this series, is that we find our home, quote-unquote, our, like, place of peace and um, withdrawal from the outside world, we can find that, we can cultivate it within us so that when we enter stressful situations, maybe related to the holidays, maybe not, you know, this piece of yoga philosophy wasn't invented for Christmas time or holiday time of the year, um, but it does certainly apply to feel... Like, we have a sense of, like, can't be knocked off our peace within ourselves somewhere. And the more you practice yoga, the more you can access that. Access that um, feeling at home within yourself. And also, 
It's called with sense withdrawal. So when you feel overstimulated, overwhelmed by all the marketing, all the gatherings, all the things, all you have to do is turn inwards. And that's easier said than done. It's uh, simple but not easy, right? Yeah. Um, all you have to do is just turn inwards and say, maybe I don't need that right now. That's why I chose Santosha, which is the second Niyama as the other piece. So if you turn inward and kind of cultivate gratitude for everything you have going on rather than just being stuck in that overwhelm by everything that's bombarding you through your senses this time of year, it's going to feel like you found your little inner home where you can be happy. Um, So I'll give you some practices to cultivate each of these things. So a really good practice, okay, so first of all, The number one practice to practice Pratyahara, in my opinion, is a really good Shavasana. So, you know, you get, I explained that um, pretty in depth in that episode where I first covered the eight limbs, um, where you do, you take care of yourself according to the yamas and niyamas, then you do your asana and your pranayama practice, and what that does is it prepares your body for Shavasana, where you might find it easier to withdraw your senses because you're not being distracted by, you know, your hungry belly or your dirty room or, you know, so you've taken care of all that stuff um, or your pain in your sciatica or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So you do all those four limbs and then you get to Pratyahara so that you can turn inwards so that you can maybe reach a meditative state and reach what we call um, single point, or sorry, single pointed focus Once you withdraw your senses, then you move into single-pointed focus, and then that might bring you into a meditative state where you might experience samadhi. And so I covered that there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go back and listen to that episode. But Shavasana, after a really good yoga practice, or just, I mean, so when I go to teach at 5 p.m., I take a little, like, Shavasana for my day, where it's like I just let the hum of my day, like, fade away, Spend a few minutes just being, you know, so that it can quiet down, so that I can turn inwards. So you don't have to do a Shavasana practice. It doesn't have to be at the end of yoga practice. Just any time you can create some space for yourself to just, like, exhale and sit and let the hum of your day fade away, um, that's that's Pratyahara. That's turning your awareness inward, turning your awareness away from your phone and your to-do lists and the music and all the other external things that we take in through our senses, that's Pratyahara. And speaking of letting the hum of your day fade away, another, I have a pranayama practice to offer you. Um, So Brahmari pranayama, which is sometimes called the bee breath, is where you literally just hum kind of or buzz like a bee on your exhales. And so there's two reasons that that practice is good because so what you do is you just, you buzz or hum like a bee for as long as you can. And what that does when you're humming or buzzing like that, it, um, it allows you to, to exhale for longer and just try it. And so if you don't know, if you haven't been around for a while, I talk a lot about extending the exhales. That's why I start the episode saying, episode saying, please exhale because it will help you, when you pay attention to your exhales, it helps you tap into your parasympathetic nervous system, which is like the 
Um, if your sympathetic nervous system is like the gas pedal, it's your fight or flight mode, the parasympathetic nervous system, it's not like the brake pedal, it's like letting off the gas so that you're not continuing down the path of stress. And so extending your exhales um, lets off the gas, basically, uh, of the fight or flight mode. And buzzing or humming like a bee naturally does that, but then also it just, pranayama practices in general, when you're focusing on your breath, you are removing your, your mind and your awareness from other things because you have this object of meditation, which is your breath. Um, but then there's this other portion that you can add called the Shanmukhi Mudra. And you can Google it because it's kind of hard for me to explain on a podcast. You put like your fingers over your ears and some fingers over your eyes and there's different variations. Like a lot, of, most of the time it's like your thumbs cover your ears to just push that little flap down so that your ears are like shut. And then your two like pointer and middle finger go over your eyes and then you put your like ring and pinky finger you press them into these certain points like next to your nose and so what that does is you're closing your ears you're closing your eyes you're covering your eyes so the light's not coming in and you're buzzing so you're it's kind of trippy and if you're like it's not in my opinion a very trauma-informed practice um I actually learned this recently in one of my yoga therapy trainings um and, and so I would say be careful with this one. Um, you know, maybe try it, but it might feel weird for you to, like, close yourself off in that way. If it doesn't feel okay to, like, turn inwards to that degree, then just throw the mudra out the window and just try the Brahmari Pranayama, the bee breath. Um, because that one's great for anybody, in my opinion. No real contraindications to, to the Brahmari Pranayama. But if you want more, to turn inwards more, you can look up the Shanmukhi Mudra, that's S-H-A-N-M-U-K-H-I, and look up what that is, or you could just look up Brahmari Pranayama with Mudra, and it'll probably come up because it's a common one. Um, So that's a really good way to turn your awareness inwards, and you can practice that. You can also practice any asanas that are calming, grounding practices, or Nadi Shodhana, which is alternate nostril breathing. That can feel really calming and it's kind of like a less intense version to turn your awareness inwards still involves a mudra um so you could try that and then other my best practice for you to cultivate santosha contentment okay so i i wrote down three things number one i wrote gratitude um so you know we i've covered that before i actually interviewed a a professor about I titled the episode The Science of Happiness, so you can go back if you, you know, because it's the science of light. We care about evidence here for the most part. The science, the evidence behind why gratitude practice really works, you can find it there in that episode. Um, but otherwise, you've probably heard it before somewhere that cultivating a gratitude practice is the best way to, you know, if you appreciate what you have, what you have appreciates, all those little cheesy quotes, you know, like the more you cultivate, the best way to feel like you have what you need is to practice gratitude for what you already have instead of wanting for what you don't have, which is kind of my whole point with this episode is like the media and all this stuff we get bombarded with at this time of year are really going to um, crank up the heat on the 
I don't have what I need already within me. So gratitude practice is the best way to cultivate contentment where you might feel like you do already have what you need within you. And then also um, acceptance and curiosity. So meeting new situations um, with curiosity and cultivating some acceptance around what you find will help facilitate that gratitude. So I'm not telling you to spiritually bypass. I actually cover that a lot on this podcast, or probably you could find it on that um, Science of Happiness episode I did with Dr. Marie Cross, because, um, yeah, I just, I don't think, I'm not telling you to, like, only think about gratitude, only think about happiness, because if you are going through a hard time at this time of year, I, I feel you, and I'm not telling you to just stuff it down and choose gratitude instead. I'm telling you to, like, find some acceptance, sit with what you need to sit with, Um, and then see what you can find that you can be grateful for instead of focusing on the hard stuff. It's kind of the point. And so we practice these things on our mat. We practice the sense withdrawal in our asana practice. We practice the acceptance, the curiosity. Um, and I say this often in my classes that, uh, we use our breath in our yoga practice to ease the mind in challenging postures so that we can then, when we reach challenging situations or challenging emotions, we can then use our breath to ease the mind. You know, that's why I always start this episode. I added it to the intro clip that I made to start with an exhale because when you exhale, kind of ease your mind. So with all that said, don't be afraid to turn inwards, cultivate your inner home, through pratyahara, sense withdrawal, and santosha, contentment, gratitude, acceptance, curiosity, you know, around what is. And with all that said, I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. I'm not like going anywhere. I'll still be putting out episodes. Um, So keep an eye out for the membership. Join the Facebook group. If you get value from this podcast, please share it with a friend. Um, or share it on your social media. Wow, I would love that. Share it and tag me, and I'll share your post if you're into that. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that you're here. Be on the lookout for the membership. Join the Facebook group. Um, remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends. Bye.